Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Conundrum. I am Dre, and my guests this week, that's right, guests, um, this is the first episode where I talk to two guests at the same time, and that is because they are the power duo of the folk band based out of St. John, New Brunswick, and that is John and Lisa McLegan from Tomato Tomato. Um, they are a powerhouse on stage. Um, you can definitely see the love that they have for each other, as well as the love that they have for the music and performing and the arts. They, uh, there's so much that we get into in the podcast from um, surviving pandemic to life on the road, how they, how they met, how they got started but as a jazz duo. And then they went into the folk music. Um, there's just so much that we cover. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't know about them. And uh, it was just a great conversation, uh, very laid back and they're awesome people. So um, they have some dates coming up. Uh, I know they're going to Ontario, um, but if they are performing anywhere in your area, do check them out and uh, do support their music. Um, go to their website. Um, I'll have the links in the description, of course. Um, so without further ado, my conversation with John and Lisa McLagan. Tomato, tomato. Hello. Hey, I I can hear you fine. Oh, good. good. I I can hear you as well. Perfect. How you been? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. You guys look fantastic, by the way. Oh, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm going bald, so <laughs> I got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, last I saw you guys was at uh, running by the hallway at the ECMAs. <laughs> That's so right. Was, yeah. How was that weekend for you guys? Oh, it was, it was great. It was good. We. Um... Sorry, I'm just messing around with our settings. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we. <laughs> weren't there for the whole weekend we had just popped in to visit our uh agent and some friends and right. so yeah we weren't we weren't really involved i, I had spoken a panel that day and right, right that was it i didn't do anything i just went to hang out <laughs> perfect <laughs> that's the best time because then you just relax and you don't have to be anywhere yeah exactly yeah, it was yeah, really yeah. nice yeah so what was the panel that you spoke on was it uh mixing mastering or yeah, it was like a production yeah. panel. Yeah. Some mix engineers, and I was the mastering guy. Cool. So, uh, pretty good turnout. Yeah, there were some people there. It was quiet. It's early in the morning, right? So. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> what was that? Would that have been on the Saturday or the Sunday? That was Saturday. It was a Saturday. Okay. So yeah, Friday night was was a late night for. Well, I mean, to be fair, it was a late night every night. <laughs> yeah. For, That's how it goes. For sure, you get flow playing, and everyone stays up super late. And yeah, especially at the at the Delta, because I know they they were going until like five or four in the morning every night. Yeah, in the lobby. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> um, so okay, so so before we get into the, to the nitty gritty of the of the podcast, so not not that it's like you know cutting edge or or you know Dateline award-winning questions but i do have one that that might fit that bill um so is it tomato 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 or tomato tomato 
It's tomato, tomato. <laughs> That's an All easy, right. easy answer. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, they just say tomato, tomato, or, you know, so do you, do you correct people when they, when they say it wrong? I don't really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it all good. Depends. Yeah. Okay. But so we're not too, too fussy. Do you guys plan on having like a side project of like potato, potato? No, we always joke that uh, that's our rival band from PEI. <laughs> but, <laughs> Beautiful. but yeah, they don't actually exist. We just. Okay. Well, they should. <laughs> that's awesome. I always wondered that, like, and, and I've had people ask me, like, as I was listening to it, like, oh, what are you listening to? And, you know, you know, tomato, tomato. It's like, okay, cool. So I, I, I thought that's what it was. So, yeah. yeah I mean, it's confusing because it's spelled like tomato, tomato. So. Yeah, it confuses people. Cool, yep. but it's a, it's a good talking point. So, <laughs> exactly, it gets yeah. people talking, and it's a great name, and and it it fits the the brand really well. Like, how did you guys come up with having that as a name? I mean, I wish we had like a really cool story about it, but to be honest, um, I mean, we we actually started out as a jazz duo with John playing saxophone, and I was playing some piano and singing. We were playing together that way and we were just the John and Lisa duo or the Lisa and John duo. I don't know. We just didn't have a name. And then we started playing more of uh, the other kind of style of music and started working more around uh, our local scene. And so we decided we needed a name and we were just kind of throwing around ideas with some friends and we had it kind of narrowed down to maybe one or two names. And anyway, um, we said, what do you guys think? And our buddy just kind of said, I don't know, guys, it's tomato, tomato, like whatever. And we were like, huh, <laughs> it is tomato, tomato. <laughs> we just like grabbed that and uh, it seemed to fit for what we were doing. So yeah, yeah that's no, really that, it. <laughs> that, that is a cool story, actually. Oh, good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's just that that right place, right time, you know, just and that, yeah. that's when the good names happen. I mean, people they really stress and and mull over band names and logos and i mean that's a bit i mean it's who you're represent you know you're representative of yourself like so it's very important especially now with with branding and mm -hmm. you know just trying to put yourself out there and competing with all the noise that's out there yeah 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 it's yeah band names are hard for sure yeah. i don't know if anyone's ever truly happy with their band name probably know. not I know we did a brand change. Like we changed our name like a couple of years ago. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, I mean, it happens. So yep. sometimes change is good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, our good friend, Patty Quinn, um, I was talking to him the other day and, and uh, I was saying I was going to be chatting with you guys and uh, I asked him, you know, is there anything, you know, that, you, that you're kind of curious about? And uh, so he wanted me to ask, he's always curious about how, being with the last couple of years, everything that's been going on with the pandemic, how people have adapted or what they've had to do, you know, during the pandemic to, to kind of get through it. Um, so I guess just asking the whole COVID survival, like of it all, like what, what did you guys do to kind of keep busy and, and, and kind of aim for the light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah. It depends on what phase of the pandemic you mean. Yeah. Like the banana bread phase or the cleaning your groceries on the deck phase? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it started out just trying to rebook 
so there was all that like we had two tours of the uk that got canceled but like one got canceled right away because it was going to be in may of that year Mm-hmm. so then it was like the chaos of like okay we'll cancel that we move these dates here and these summer dates are kind of happening but maybe not and we're not sure about the christmas shows so there was like all of that chaos and then rebooking things and then we were supposed to go to the uk again in september and then that got canceled and after a few rounds of like rescheduling canceling again we just said like you know what we're out until we can actually get a hold on what's going to happen because we can't Mm -hmm. live in this like perpetual stress of prepping for shows and then having the shows not happen and And just having to make those decisions like sometimes the venue um would cancel it and then other times they would leave it up to the artist and then it's kind of on us and we were like well we don't want to be some kind of super spreader event right and at the time too like you couldn't eat dinner with your family but you could go out i don't know it just seemed really weird and we yeah we were... you could go to a restaurant and and sit at a mm-hmm. separate table from complete strangers but you yeah. have to go to somebody's house that you yeah, yeah. And, you know, if we had charged our family five dollars then, we, <laughs> then could... we could have <laughs> almost like blaine higgs is motivated by money maybe maybe a little I'm getting a little suspicious yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was just yeah. like a kind of a low-grade low level anxiety like constant about shows and so like John said we just kind of decided to hunker down and then you know I think inevitably you pivot um John had already been kind of um interested in and starting to become a mastering engineer so then you kind of officially that it was the plan to do that anyway Mm -hmm. and then everything having shut down it gave me the time to build the space because it took me about a year to build this room that Mm -hmm. we're in now yeah and uh and get it designed like i had someone design it and all that so the timing wise that was pretty good Mm -hmm. for me in that way it was like well i guess it gives me time to focus my energy on this right now Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, that's one thing the pandemic did for a lot of people and i know it was terrible for a lot of people too um Mm -hmm. But but one one positive we can take a positive thing it really helped people self reflect and find you know direction as to to what they want to work on for themselves as opposed to what expectations are for what they have to do for for other people or you know whether it's their their job or you know just family and that kind of stuff because you had to Absolutely. be you know okay with yourself you know and then there's the whole with that is the flip of that coin, which is, you know, the mental health problems and stuff like that. Like, did you guys experience any type of mental health issues um, that you had to work through being in isolation? Not really. Yeah. Yeah, To be honest, we were actually quite happy to be home. Like we'd been on the road pretty consistently for years. And it was kind of like when it first hit, it was really our first summer just home and not touring. And it was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and we taught our daughter how to ride a bike. And it was like, we were just home and it was, it was really nice. Um, yeah, we watched like, yeah, we kind of binged some TV that we mm-hmm. hadn't done in a while. Like, yeah. we watched all the amazing race Canada. And yeah. my daughter and I watched all the Finding Bigfoot episodes, oh, like 11 <laughs> seasons okay. of that. Something. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, did you fall I into the Tiger King? Full time. Yeah. 
Sorry? I just kind of, I threw myself into the gym, which I was doing anyway, but that was kind of my like constant. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, when I'm doing that, my mental health is typically good. So yeah. it's funny too, because that summer going into the fall, the first year of the pandemic, I actually had a really bad back injury. Like I had a mm -hmm. kind of severely herniated disc and I actually, we would have ended up canceling a lot of shows anyways, because I couldn't sit in a chair or stand. I just had, I was flat on my back for a few months. Wow. Um, so that happened too. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> like it was, yeah, it was just like on well, the there's floor. So many, there's so many things that, that happened, you know, that they just kind of blip and then they're gone and you just kind of forget that it's in the past. Cause you're already, you know, looking to the future, especially now with everything opening up, it's kind of, you know, everyone's mm -hmm. rushing to get out and, you know, play yeah. shows, book shows, travel tour, all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and like with the ECMAs, like that was, they were able to have that again and have a yeah. you know, live events and people gathering and yeah. 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 It's funny. Yeah. That is just one of those blips on the radar that kind of yeah. went, went by and, and now it's, it's going to be interesting to see how touring is, uh, ECMAs definitely felt pretty normal. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, we're heading to Ontario in August and we've been on the fence. Do we fly? Do we not fly? But looking at the news right now we're like i don't think we can trust flying because mm -hmm. we always you know we, if we're going to fly it's so that we can get in kind of get in and get out yeah uh but i don't think our gear would make it it's always yeah it's a always, little yeah. Mm -hmm. it's always a risk with all the gear and if all the flights are full because of all the cancellations yeah the first would thing to go is is our gear yeah. would, <laughs> so, so would it be would you be doing that as a as a duo or is that like full band shows uh the that's a, these are duo shows okay yeah um the, the premise of the podcast sort of is to you know to get to know some of the background of the people that you know you know the amazing talents that we have in atlantic canada um because there's a lot like we we definitely i've said it before we punch above our weight when it comes to mm. talent from the maritimes um sure, yeah so just for anyone that doesn't you know know a whole lot about the two of you um where are you each from are you from st john because i know that's where you're based out of but is that where you're originally from i'm from st john yeah uh lisa is from chicago actually. okay so she's an import she is <laughs> yeah. she's a political refugee yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> i've been here as a permanent resident for over a decade so mm -hmm. i mean it's yeah yeah so okay. well, i'll give you i'll give you the really short version okay <laughs> the concise version so i yeah i was born and raised in st john uh i went to st Evex for my undergrad in music and then i went down to boston to the new England conservatory to get a master's degree uh in saxophone and that's where i met lisa who had just finished an <laughs> opera degree at northern illinois university okay so so we met in boston and then then we moved back to Ganish, and we were teaching at St. Evex for a couple of years, but we were young. We were like 24 when we started. Mm -hmm. It's like weird, actually. <laughs> we were weirdly young, <laughs> uh, younger than a lot of the students. And then we went from uh, Annie Ganesh to Miami for a couple of years. Lisa was getting her doctorate at the University of Miami. Uh, then we went to Iowa and taught at a community college there for a few years. And then we were like, what are we doing in Iowa? <laughs> so we uh, so we moved back here. And that was in 2009 that we moved back here. 
Okay. We also got married and had a child at some point in all of that. In all of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, how old is uh, Lucy now? She's 11. She's 11. Yeah. So we had her after we got, we had her here. Yeah. 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 And yeah. So, okay. Yeah. That's where um, my wife and son are both born in St. John. Um, oh, okay. Awesome. So my wife grew up in St. John. She went to the St. Vincent's, you know, high school and her, oh, mom, yes. was, her mom was a teacher there. And yeah. Um, oh yeah. So then uh, I'm from Miramichi. So I was going to college here at NBCC mm -hmm. and, uh, and she came to Miramichi to study uh, animation and graphic design. Oh, cool. And uh, so we met at college and then after college, you know, moved to, to St. John and then we stayed there until um, Jacob was born in 04. So we moved here in 2007. So we would have missed the Just return missed of, <laughs> of tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So we've been in Miramichi ever since 07. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So he's, he's spent, I mean, he's spent his whole childhood basically, and he's graduating high school next week. Oh my God. Wow. I can't believe what that. But yeah. Yeah. So he made it or we made it. I don't know. We all made it. <laughs> we all made it. Yeah. Sure. All made it. Yeah. Big accomplishment for everyone. Yeah. 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 So he's, um, he's weighing his options. He wants to, probably take a year off and then uh he, his mother's an artist you know visual artist and stuff so he's kind of into to that i think he wants to get into um movie and tv production like set design stuff like that okay you know cool. something visual with his hands like he's really good with with building stuff which yeah i am i am not so <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome good for yeah. him um so grow so you have a lot of musical um education and stuff so was music always something growing up like with your family like in the house we have that in common that neither of us come from musical families at all really yeah we were both like the black sheep of the family i would say like yeah so my father is a huge music fan so Music was always playing in the house. Are you breaking the chair? I know. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So he like music was always playing in the house. He would make me these really sweet mixtapes and, you know, with Beatles and Beach Boys, Buddy Holly, all these big bopper. Um, nice. And uh, so it always seemed like a big part of my life. And uh, I remember I had an uncle who played in bands. And we, I was probably like six. And I remember going over to his house and going down into his basement where all the, the drums and like, yeah, that's where everyone rehearsed. Okay. So he had all these like vintage Fender amps and drums and everything. And I just remember walking in there and being like, whoa. And uh, I was kind of hooked after yeah. that. So did he let you like fart around on them and kind of? So dabble. Yeah. So he tried. Uh, I remember sitting and playing some drums, not playing drums, but sitting and banging on some drums. Uh, but I can relate. He to that. tried to teach me guitar, uh, but I was six and like a small six-year-old, and it was a full-sized acoustic, and it just wasn't no, no. any fun. Um, <laughs> and then my parents put me in piano, but it was like no. Before that, they put me in piano, but it was like Kinder music piano. And my mom was taking a college course courses in the evenings, so my dad had to take me, and it was all daughters and their moms, and my dad and I, and you'd have to go over here and dance on the treble clef, and then dance over here to the bass clef, and and uh, it was not 
what I wanted at all. And it was really not what my dad wanted. <laughs> so <laughs> we used a... to leave the house every day when we were like scheduled for my piano lessons. And uh, we'd go to McDonald's, we'd get some food. And we'd hang out there until the lesson was supposed to be over. And then we would go home. <laughs> um, so we spent the lesson money on, on a couple of Big Macs. Yep. yep. <laughs> nice. And exactly. And then, so that was like my kind of, two failed attempts and then when uh my mother was a teacher actually and uh so i'd be waiting for her after school and there was this weird little organ thing that would be in her room and i would just learn songs on this organ it was a really it was really small i think it had two levels but it was tiny it's almost like an accord like an electric accordion kind of okay. it was really weird uh it had just like kind of droney thing to it anyway i remember just learning and learning sitting and learning songs by ear on that and then then i got into the band like we had a band at school and i started playing saxophone and and then bought a bass from a guy and mm -hmm. i don't know was that and this was like i think that was started saxophone fifth grade sixth grade i bought a bass from a guy in a band out of the like wand ads in the paper yeah <laughs> taught myself how to play bass and then a friend left a guitar at my house in uh middle school so i taught myself how to play guitar and it was just always whatever i could get my hands on yeah and yeah. and so with lisa you play like so many different things at the same time when you're performing like you got the the kick drum and the snare drum and the shaker and the, the washboard so you've got like a plethora of things to, to play with on stage so what instruments did you start out with uh I didn't play any percussion. <laughs> um, I was very lucky in that I grew up with a uh, an upright piano in the living room, my house, and I was the only one that played it or had any interest in it or any interest in playing it. Um, so I was just kind of always a very musical kid. And my, I mean, my parents, like we were always listening to music. I guess like they liked the oldies stations, and they were. They would buy me the things that I wanted to listen to, which was all pop music uh, when I was a kid. And then um, and I took piano lessons for many years, uh, learned classical piano, and then I switched over to voice and learned classical voice. And I was just like a choir kid because I grew up in the Midwest. So I was in any choir, any show choir, improv, like jazz, vocal group, anything I could sing in i was in mm -hmm. um and and then i you know i went to school for music uh which was always you know it was like just never a question what i was going to be doing i guess like when i was applying for university and stuff and my mother told me i had to get a degree in music education or else she wasn't paying for it because <laughs> i wanted to go to school for performance mm -hmm. um Anyway, so I got a classical undergrad and sang opera and um, got a music education degree. And then I go. did a master's in jazz um, performance on voice. And kind of similar to John, I was always like doing all the things that were any opportunity. Like I played um, Indian tabla drums at one point in a world music ensemble. I guess that's the only like percussion related thing I ever did um that was really cool and I took some jazz piano as well for a while um jazz is hard but, I mean jazz is jazz you know <laughs> it's all hard 
I guess, <laughs> or it's just a different language, a different like yeah. syntax, you know, in the music language. But um, yeah, and transitioning actually as a classically trained musician to jazz was like really intimidating. Now that you say that, that reminds me of that. And just like learning the different language and, the, and becoming fluent in a different kind of music language. Mm -hmm. um, it's cool. But now I'm like bilingual. I can do. There you go. Classical you or jazz. You live in a bilingual province, like. right? So. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like with like with jazz, because to me, jazz is intimidating. Um, and it's not to say that other genres of music are not, you know, very improvisational. Um, mm -hmm. But to me, I find like jazz, it's just so wide open. Yeah, um, it there's is a lot intimidating. Of, there's a lot of like different time signatures and, and a lot of things that are flowing in and out of each other. Um, mm -hmm. To me, it's, it's just a complete like mind blowing. I don't know if I'll ever even try it. <laughs> just... Oh, you should. It's like, yeah, you it's... know, there's steps to becoming more comfortable improvising. It's such a diverse uh, genre of music now. Like we say jazz, but you know, since the forties, it's just gone in a million different directions right yeah, so that's true um, depends like, if you want to do something that's more jammy and maybe it's just a couple chords and more groove based or if you're going to try and like play bebop that's a different kind of thing and harmonically the buy-ins you know just to be able to like do it at all the buy-in mm -hmm. is kind of mm -hmm. a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know um but you don't have to do that style like yeah it's pretty wide open yeah. I mean, just like any style of music you can get as as in depth as you want right like you can get yeah you can you can get as deeply into any style of music you know so when you say when you said earlier about listening to a lot of like pop music and stuff at the time so was that like like boy band like new kids on the block kind of stuff um, um like whitney houston or like yeah Mariah Carey? It, was all, it was all of that yeah, yeah. i loved whitney houston i had the record of her how will i know um single uh and i loved the bangles i loved madonna i loved um i definitely loved new kids on the block um i went to their concert actually <laughs> and i went to a madonna concert during her who's that girl tour oh, wow. um <laughs> but then my tastes definitely started to change like late middle school and all through high school like all i wanted to listen to was the beatles the jackson five Stevie wonder um i got like really into motown and um that stuff is still some of my favorite music like i, <laughs> I always tell john this is so dark i always say like if i'm in a coma if you play Stevie wonder and it doesn't work to wake me up I'll probably I'm probably done. <laughs> oh, wow. Give me wonder always gets me. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like the music that's like my my happy place, I guess. Yeah. Um, so what like coming from the you guys played jazz together as a jazz duo, what kind of prompted switching over to a more folk kind of genre? just what we liked i guess yeah, we were listening to a lot of folk a friend had given us a burn cd <laughs> of um the picking on modest mouse do you know that picking on series the bluegrass hmm. series it's a band called iron horse yeah and they've got like picking on there's picking on zeppelin and picking on metallica maybe yeah and the picking on modest mouse one is just kind of perfect like it doesn't 
and I guess the modest most songs are like more obscure so it's easier to kind of reframe them in a way that you don't remember you know the previous version anyway yeah. it's, it's a really great album we were just listening to that all the time and then we were back here um but just before you yeah but before that we had played uh they had called us to play a gig at the zoo and they wanted us to play some like kind of Dixieland kind of stuff. They okay. said, the only thing is uh, there's a group of Irish exchange students in and we need someone to lead them on a march around the zoo with a llama. Um, but our theme is Christmas in July. So we want to march and sing Christmas carols while we march around the Cherrybrook Zoo. Okay, I'm getting a mental image of all this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're like, well, Lisa's okay. gonna play piano and sing. Um, she can't obviously march. can't march with yeah. the piano. No, no. Unless <laughs> no. you get like a little, like a little travel amp with a guitar, maybe. Oh, guitar! Yeah, yeah. That been yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I was, I had a guitar. It was still in the, literally in the closet from high school. I had not played in years. Um, so I said, "Well, I'm surely I can remember a couple chords, and we can play some Christmas tunes just to march these Irish exchange students and the llama." uh around the zoo <laughs> so we did that and then the guitar was just kind of out of the closet at that point and right. yeah and i remember when you were pregnant we were just like stuck in our bedroom because it was super hot we live in grand bay i grew up on the west side so sometimes the heat in grand bay can be a challenge for me yeah. uh, we had this little tiny ac unit in the uh window of our bedroom so we were just kind of held up in there and listening to music and stuff and so i had grabbed the guitar and was just kind of noodling and we started like we singing we were harmonizing a bit and that's uh, my favorite that's yeah. my favorite thing yeah that we it, do. Like, it's I, it's signature it's signature you guys like your uh, harmonies are perfect together thank you um so then we just started playing i remember playing some of those modest most tunes i remember playing some mason jennings tunes yeah. And Joni Mitchell and Allison Krauss in Union Station. Mm -hmm. I remember mm -hmm. playing a couple of those. Rich Woman, Rich Woman and uh Yeah, which is an old no, don't don't stop. Anyway. That's <laughs> <laughs> um that yeah, and anyway, so we just kind of started doing it, and I wasn't singing at all at this, the time. I was like we sound so nice together. Like we should do this in front of people for real. And John was like, no, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> uh, I, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually she wore me down and we, uh, we were playing jazz shows just at restaurants or whatever. And we were uh, play, had a gig at the Bourbon. time it was a bourbon quarter uh, in St. John. And we had asked them, we were playing there like once a month kind of thing. We said, we had just said, hey, is it cool? Like after we play our jazz sets, can we just do like half, like a few folk tunes or whatever? Right. <laughs> Literally did not care at all. No. <laughs> like, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. No. As long as it's not going to cost them anymore, they're, they're fine yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, anyway, so we started doing that. I was insanely nervous. I could mm -hmm. barely sing. I was so nervous and it took a little while to get over that, but and then it just kind of became a thing and we started playing at farmer's markets mm -hmm. and uh, then we entered the searchlight competition. This was one of the first years of it. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. And we did really well. We ended up winning for New Brunswick and 
then festivals started calling and it just kind of took off and we had no intention of that ever happening and we just kind of chased it and this is around the, the time of the first first release yeah it'd be like 2014 mm-hmm. which is uh um it's not i go where you go is it no that's the yeah. second one uh, so it goes yeah, yeah there you go okay yeah um yeah, because then you guys, um, I think it was around the, the time of the first release, you guys came to Miramichi um, mm-hmm. and, and played. I remember you guys played on the radio with, with Patty in the booth. and uh, Yeah, and in we Terry's. Terry, yeah, Terry Terry's, Whalen's. Terry Whalen's barn. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, that's a, I wish he would be bring that back. I mean, I know why why it's not back, but that was just such a great sounding barn. <laughs> it is yeah. literally a barn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was super that was fun. really fun. We have photos from that, like road trip, and like I have photos of that barn. Yeah, yeah, oh, we yeah. had our wedding reception in there. Oh, you did! That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. we had gotten married in May, and then um, just real small, only a couple people, and then in August, in the in the super crazy heat, <laughs> I was playing with Terry Whalen at the time and his band, and yeah. then. Uh, yeah, we, we were looking for a spot and I just kind of sent him a Facebook message. It was like, hey, would you be cool with us using the barn? And he was so generous and he was like, absolutely. What's mine is yours. You know, bring oh, it. We had, uh, yeah, we had, uh, you know, a bunch of family come down. They had, the, you know, the parking, just like the, when the barn shows and yeah, and yeah. his mom, his mom and dad let us use their kitchen for like some catering. And it was just, they're just amazing people. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so when did you guys start writing songs? Because I was going to ask about how the whole dynamic, since you guys are, you know, you're a couple, you're married and, you know, that you, how did that decision to, to play together? Because I know a lot of people that are partners that are musicians, they're very weary on being in a musical project together. Because, um, you know, <laughs> you're together all the time anyway, then to add that. <laughs> You know, as the side thing to get away from the spouse, it becomes the thing that you're Aww. still doing together. <laughs> you know, so so how did that dynamic and and, and influence your songwriting and, and like where did that come from for you guys to to work together? Because if you work together so well, I mean, I'm not. It's just it. It's not as common to to see two people that that work like that all the time. Yeah, it's, I mean, we met in music school, so we just always played music together. We've never mm-hmm. not played music together, I guess, is yeah. more, is, is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't do any of the songwriting, by the way. I tried to, like, help in the beginning, but it's like, it doesn't, it's, I don't know, it's, I'm not, I haven't studied songwriting. I've studied composition in a lot of ways um, and can write lots of music, but I haven't studied that kind of songwriting in any way and you have so it was like yeah I was a little more interested in like learning how to do that and mm-hmm. versus same thing like it's different obviously than arranging for a big band or whatever mm-hmm. just lyrics like yeah. lyrics alone you know yeah. that was really the thing <laughs> yeah. uh, so I was pretty game to like pretty interested in learning how to do that and so yeah kind of became more my thing mm-hmm. So do you, Lisa, do you write any lyrics for the song that, that you, you're singing or is it just I'm John? A, I'm a terrible lyricist. I do <laughs> not write any lyrics. I should okay. not write any lyrics. Um, I sometimes help with arrangements. Like John writes uh, everything. 
and I sometimes help like, I mean, I, I don't even want to say help because he writes things that just naturally lend themselves to the things that I end up doing. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm really like helping. It's just that I pick up on the kind of intended harmonies that are already given to me as a gift <laughs> in the song and I hear them. So I sing them. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I help with like arrangements, I guess, harmony hits like little little arrangement ideas sometimes but I really don't do any of the writing and should not do any of the writing <laughs> I'm fine with that we all have our strengths yeah, you, I, you've never really been interested in no but I mean I also don't chemistry. have the like the mental like fortitude like John will stick with something until it's right and I will be like it's fine whatever <laughs> and it's not fine always so I end up kind of just you know I, he doesn't settle for music that he's writing until it's like feels really done and even in the studio like recording he'll be like still making little edits and changes and it's just never 100 percent done and i am very easily able to just be like sounds great let's go yeah. let's go play it in front of a million people yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah well that's the thing like when you go when you bring a song into the studio very rarely does it come out the same way yeah but yeah. it shouldn't i mean that's that's and like a good thing we always left space for that like our last two well and kind of the christmas album too uh the last three albums were all recorded in nashville mm-hmm. and we did not and we decided that they would be full band things so we did not go in there uh with i don't want to say we didn't go in there with a game plan we only sent them acoustic guitar and vocals for demos and we had thoughts about what might happen and we kind of because I don't, I describe it as like we had an answer for every question that they might have, right. but we didn't put it out there necessarily right away because we wanted to just see. I mean, you're hiring amazing musicians. Why would you go in there and dictate? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Everything they're gonna do, you know. Yeah. You could just do it yourself. Just, uh, mm-hmm. Be be what they wanted to be. Yeah. And some things were pretty close to what we imagined, and some and some pretty unexpected things happened too. And, mm-hmm. Because yeah. I, I noticed there was the, the shift in the in the album, like your first album is very clearly a duo with some added, you know, strings and stuff like that. And then as the albums progress, like you've got full band sound coming in um, and you've played full band shows. So when you're writing songs now, um, do you write them with the intention of full band and then strip it down to a duo when you guys are playing just together? Or is it always the same process of, you know, you write it, for the two of you and then add as you go yeah i think it's the same thing like i i think the song the chords the melody should all be able to stand on their own Mm -hmm. uh and then you can add a full band to that or not but if they don't kind of stand on their own just with an acoustic guitar then probably not something you want to move forward with Mm -hmm. so whereas if we were in a band uh and writing as a band, then you could have some like sick grooves and riffs that can really carry the tune. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe the vocal line isn't necessarily as predominant Probably, or yeah. carrying things. You know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, you could say that about Jimi Hendrix, right? Like you take away what he's playing on guitar and what the band is doing. Mm-hmm. He might not have been as famous, right? If he was just singing and if you were only listening to his lyrics. Yeah that's just a different angle to come at it. So, but we, yeah, we start from the song and then add the stuff. Right. Because 
Yeah, just because we're not going to jam those things out. It's going to be like, I mean, the process was always like, we play the songs, folks would make notes on them. Mm -hmm. We'd go into the room, one take, kind of feel it out. Second take, probably tweak the arrangement. Mm -hmm. That might be the final take. Third take, max, usually. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you, all, so. you only ever do three, three takes max? I don't know it's if we ever did of, a fourth take. Yeah, yeah maybe. There kind might. of like if it's not happening. It, I mean, and also those, the Nashville guys move at like a lightning speed. Yeah. Um, and we like that. And we we're pretty like decisive and like we're pretty quick to just make some changes or tweaks. And um, I like working at that speed too, but it's kind of like if it's not happening in like three takes, then it's just not happening. I don't okay. know. <laughs> like, it's not so, that they're not getting it right. The yeah. idea is just not working. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, like, um, just move on. I'm guessing there's some stuff that's been left on the cutting room floor then. Well, I wouldn't say that because we we've like whittled it down by the time we get there, but there's been like tons of songs, songs that have been left on the on the floor in terms of John's writing, because like he wrote like 50 songs for our last album. Like as I say, like you don't stop until it's done so until mm -hmm. we had a specific set of songs that worked and also worked together conceptually and like all of these different um pieces of the puzzle right there's just so many variables yeah. and john would sit and write every single day for a year before we you know committed to anything so there's lots of songs that are in notebooks Right. up in our on our bookshelf but they mm -hmm. never made it to the cutting room floor of the studio because by the time we got there we had already vetted all of those songs the only song i remember from the last album that took a minute or two was roadside attraction mm -hmm. and i had kind of an idea on how i wanted the groove to go and it just wasn't working and uh and then i think our guitar player yeah just came up with this riff kind of for it yeah. And then once he had that, we were like, yep, that's it. Because okay. yeah. it, it was a little bit of a like, the drummer was still thinking about the way I described it. Like he was still there. And then the guitar player was like, but what about this? And once I was like, yes, ditch, like throw out my idea, ignore my <laughs> idea. Then it all just like, once they went with that, it was, it was came together really quickly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, do you bring like, say, because I know a lot of bands do, they, they'll come up with, say 15 songs and then they'll go to the studio with those 15 and then only you know 12 will make it through uh we did not do that we knew the ones that were going to be we had the album figured yeah. out uh i we mean you're paying people by the yeah. day by yeah. the, you know by the hour uh, uh, yeah in american dollars and it adds yeah. up pretty quick that, yeah a little yeah, so. adds up just almost as quick as the uh the the amount on the gas pumps right now oh my god you're gonna open a pandora's box right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> well, well you guys live in st john too right so i mean the refineries right there you'd think there'd be a, bit <sighs> of a, a break you know i remember thinking that when i lived in st john's like why yeah. is it so why is it the same price here when it's just coming from over there like it doesn't have to travel as far <laughs> but anyway. it can be because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be. As far worry, as they're going to raise interest rates and it's going to fix everything. <laughs> um, just back to your <laughs> like 
as far as us working together and that dynamic goes, I just wanted to add that um, we are like oddly compatible together. And um, I mean, it just works. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't do and that with anyone else. Also, having said that, like I couldn't go on the road and do all the things that we do. Like, I don't think I could do that with anyone else because we are so, 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 so close and like take such good care of each other. And mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're also not missing home because home That's- is with you. That's a huge benefit to that, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say too, just to go back to Nashville, like you said, they move lightning fast, but not, you don't notice it. Right. Because at least with the group of people we've been lucky enough to work with, um, we have a friend who's kind of been our contact down there. And we've known him for years. We used to play jazz gigs together in Miami and he's amazing and uh, kind of knows all the right people and uh anyway they it's funny because everyone's really laid back everyone's super friendly and and like courteous and uh they'll kind of come in and be really chill but they won't be late they'll be five minutes early Mm -hmm. and chill the level of professionalism is there's going to be no like oh i forgot this or i need to get strings or like they take care of all their stuff and that way they can be really relaxed when they come in and it happens fast, yeah. but you don't notice it because everyone's just kind of like, yeah, cool. Let's do another, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, that's what gets them hired and rehired. Like if, yeah. if you're the guy that does forget the strings or does come five minutes late, then chances are the phone's not going to ring next week. Yeah. Cause there's somebody else who's just as good and really nice yeah. and prompt and they don't <laughs> deal really with assholes down there. Yeah. yeah. It's just not, you a just thing. won't work. Yeah. 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 And it's oh, funny because I, mean, I work with a lot of musicians from there now with mastering mm-hmm. and uh, it's the same thing. It's like, those are the people that are going to reply right away. They're going to be really friendly. If they need changes, it's always super polite. You know, you're never chasing anyone for payments, like, mm-hmm. but it all happens in a way that's kind of really relaxed. And I think that's just, yeah. As long as everyone's taking care of their own thing, then you know, the next thing just progresses along and everybody's happy because everyone's on the same page. Yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. I think that's been cultivated down there over decades. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, there's a reason why it's called, you know, the country music capital of, you know, the world really. Yeah. And really just the music capital of the world too. Yeah. Now, I mean, that yeah. we've been shocked at the diversity of what goes on gonna, down there. I was going to say it, it's changing from, from just country to just, music like you said yeah mm-hmm. yeah because it's a pretty a relative it's changing now but uh re- really very affordable city to live in so i think mm-hmm. that you know versus like if you're looking at the other music hubs which would be new york and la mm-hmm. not so affordable yeah not maybe the kind of relaxed lifestyle that people are looking for necessarily oh yeah uh, lots, lots of excitement but yeah. yeah, there's a there's some band like there's a lot of bands that I follow from the LA scene like in the in the punk rock community, and mm. there's a few of them that that have left LA and have gone to Nashville. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or yep. Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or Austin, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Austin has a cool thing going on too. Yeah. Um. Cool. Um. So. Oh yeah, I meant to ask about the you mentioned the fitness thing earlier, Lisa. Um. I'm, we're building our own little home gym situation. Um, we were big into the gym before the pandemic hit and then everything closed and then we couldn't go to the gym. And 
So it, it kind of took a toll on, on us or me, I should speak for myself um, and mentally and, and, you know, just trying not, not having that safe space anymore because it wasn't safe. Um, so you were able to go to the gym during, through the pandemic or how did that, that work? Uh, well, no, I mean, you know, it, it was like closed and then it was open and then it was closed and just with all the different, same as any other business, you know, okay, like yeah. during Red the phase, phases phase. of the pandemic yeah, yeah. and then it was open, but it was, um, you know, we were like <laughs> the, um, owners had put like tape on the floor so everyone had like a specific square they were sitting that they were working out in and everything was 10 feet apart and we still are like you know sanitizing everything after workouts and everything and at that time I think maybe we were masked and then but the community it's a CrossFit gym and the, and the community um stuck together like through all of that and our head coach was doing zoom CrossFit classes for a while, like when we were all working out in our basements and um, we were just all, you know, some of us were getting together and working out outside together, okay. like when we could. And I think so that, keep, that keeping each other accountable kind of thing yeah. and, and not falling off the wagon, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah. We didn't have that here. <laughs> or at least yeah. we didn't have I mean, that I, I think that that is something that is unique to the CrossFit community. And I don't mm -hmm. think you would find that at like a planet fitness or a globo gym or something. I don't yeah. think people are going to be, is that a real thing? <laughs> I don't know. Is that like, a car a cartoon? <laughs> yeah. like a cartoon, like a Simpsons gym or something. Yeah, anyway, exactly. yeah. uh, I don't think you would find that at any other kind of business. I think that is kind of unique to the CrossFit community. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. So I do have um, a segment that I call the crash questions. At, and uh, so they're kind of they're kind of rapid fire what have you um they're not like you know change the world kind of questions or and not not too deep at least um the first question and uh i don't want the other to influence the other what their answers are um hang on are these for both of us to answer or do we wanted. trade um well yeah you need chance however you want to do it it's there's no rules okay i'm so nervous all right <laughs> i'm ready okay you ready yeah. cake or pie is there ice cream? Sure. <laughs> you can put ice cream on either one. Cake. Pie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so on tour, if there's one album that is stuck in the CD player, I'm going back to like, you know, early, late 90s CD players still being in a thing. Um, so if there's one CD stuck in the vehicle, which one does it, do you not want it to be? Do you not want it to be? Yeah. Oh, I think I'd just rather not be stuck on the radio. Yeah. I'm okay with anything <laughs> being stuck in there. <laughs> we can make it work. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, one thing is that every time we plug in our phone to the like audio jack thing for some yeah. reason it always plays uh nirvana it just automatically goes oh all apologies oh yeah it's all apologies yeah because it's a and it must be linking oh, to my okay your, your playlist yeah yeah and i had somebody send me all apologies i somebody wanted to use all apologies as a reference mix once okay. so i actually had bought like the um you know the the unplugged or the studio version 
Uh, it's the studio the version. Okay, so the electric one. Okay. But that yeah. always comes on as soon as we plug in our phone, and but we laugh now. As soon as it comes on, we're just yeah. like, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going on for I don't even know how many years. Yeah. That's funny. Um, so, what would be your favorite movies of all time? My favorite movie of all time is The Three Amigos. Nice. We have watched that so many times. In college, I was the only. <laughs> dvd we had we had that and and christmas vacation and uh so chevy chase fans yeah 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 we just watched it over and over and over and over again the three amigos that's all it's like our it's our comfy blanket movie the three amigos for sure yeah yeah yeah. can you do the three amigos salute (laughs) (laughs) will we (laughs) more likely to perform my little buttercup yes Oh, that's great. Um, so if you could, um, I'm wearing a Doctor Who shirt. I don't know if you know the yeah, reference. Um, yeah. So if, if you could time travel anywhere and any time, what would be a concert or an event that you'd want to go to? Can we only time travel to the past? No, that's, you're in the, the TARDIS, so you can go wherever. Oh. Uh, so what concert? Concert or event. Or event. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a good question. There's so many. Yeah, I definitely am someone who feels pretty out of sorts nowadays. I would definitely go back to the 70s okay. and just stay. And just stay there? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing so well with technology. Yeah. Well, there, is there like a specific place in the 70s that you'd want to be? <laughs> hmm. Good question. Be well, I wouldn't want to be there in the 70s. <laughs> I wouldn't be there in the Sorry. 60s. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good question. I feel like in the 70s, I feel like Nashville would have been pretty cool in the 70s, actually. Mm-hmm. Or Austin. There was some really cool music stuff going on in Austin. That was like the birth of the outlaw. Yeah, like with Willie and, and them, yeah. And uh, we have it. Let's add it's the other guy. He and Willie both recorded country albums on Atlantic when Atlantic thought they'd have a country section to the label for a second. Totally flop. Oh. oh, what is his name? He's not nearly as famous as Willie, obviously. Uh, no. Wouldn't, Groover's no. Paradise. Is one of his albums. That's really bothering <laughs> me. Speaking of technology, I will Google it for yeah. you because this is. Um, it's it's going to bother. What's it called? Groover's Paradise. Groover's Paradise. Okay. Yeah. Doug Sam. Doug. Doug. Yeah, it's like Doug Sam. S A H M. Yeah. Technology. So he actually plays on. Oh, what's that Willie Nelson album on Atlantic? It's uh yeah, it's not coming to me today. Anyway, he's <laughs> actually good. he's actually like playing backup on one of those albums. He's really okay. cool. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know though. Or maybe just St. John in the 70s. I'm more just concerned with getting away from getting away from now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you, Lisa? Where would you go and when? I I don't know. I really don't. Um we, I've always loved the um, 
there's a Joni Mitchell album, Miles of Isles. I've always loved that album, and that was recorded live. So maybe oh, I would want to go see that concert. Or the oh, Shadows, oh, Shadows, and, Shadows and, Light. and Light concert. Of course, yeah, that's uh, that's my answer. Shadows and Lights. Jocko and Pat. Jocko, yeah. And... Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Ditto. That's the one. Boom. I'm glad it's the same answer. And the Willie Nelson album is Shotgun Willie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it all wraps up in the but with a little bow at the end, eh? Yeah. 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 I think for for me, just in in hearing your answers, and I never really thought about an answer myself to that question actually, but now <laughs> thinking about it, um, especially having just watched um, the Disney Plus series Get Back. Oh, oh yeah, that, for sure. That rooftop concert, like to yes. to be there and and have everyone be like, "What is going on?" Yeah, yeah. You know, that and it was so a short great. concert, the, but yeah, yeah, it's so wild. And it's like, you know, the bankers are all put out, and right. there's a little old lady who's like, "They've interrupted my map." <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the best parts of that whole thing was the people's reactions. So they're so like on the nose, like they were just you know stereotypical brits at the time like you know oh yeah, yeah it's very yeah. good but i was supposed to have tea and blah, you know like <laughs> yeah. no one's that excited though no, like no. even the people who are probably really excited are not they're playing it cool like yeah it's like so what do you think do you like the beatles oh yes yes i have yes, a couple yes. of their albums yeah quite good. very good quite good yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like the level of excitement is just i, I would have been freaking out like <laughs> yeah 100 running yeah. around and screaming and yeah yeah no, that I, cool. Yeah, that documentary is so interesting, but also chaotic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stress me out kind of at times. I was like, if I was in that studio mm -hmm. and felt responsible to get things done, yeah. I'd be stressed. Especially <laughs> the first half where they were in that great big warehouse. Yeah. You know, and George like quits the band. <laughs> yeah. And that they're all just kind of like, yeah. and they're pretty low key about that. They're like, yeah, George. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He left. Yeah, he's like, oh. <laughs> Does he come back? No, no, we don't think so. We don't know. Like, uh, yeah. Definitely humanized them in a wonderful way. It, absolutely. That's I mean, it was long and but it was long for I mean for I enjoyed every minute of it, but for for non-musicians that just were fans of the Beatles to watch it, it probably felt a lot longer to them. Um just for not knowing the processes that are involved when you're creating and, and working as a band like i thought it was interesting that it was all very relatable mm -hmm. like yeah. they weren't doing anything different it wasn't any di didn't seem like it was different than being in any other jam space kind of room yeah yeah and product <laughs> yeah, yeah. was genius but it was very relatable yeah yeah it uh like you said it humanized them in, in all the right ways and uh, you know the interactions between them and their spouses, and you know we can't blame Yoko for for breaking them up anymore. So, yeah. I have feminist <laughs> feelings about that. Blaming Yoko? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, like we we uh, look to kind of demonize women or pit them against each other. It's just like so dumb. But yeah. they, yeah, they didn't. Agreed. Yeah, they weren't. It wasn't coming off that way at all. Like no. no. She's it, she was high as a kite in that whole documentary anyway. I thought when she they were in sweet. that first in that big space, it was a little weird that she was like right next to John all the time. Yes. Yeah. And that never was spoke. Weird. <laughs> like, but that was weird. she certainly wasn't in there causing a lot of drama or anything. No, she was very sweet. And she would, you know, go get him a tea or she would, you know, walk off and, and do her own art thing and then come back. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there was definitely not 
what that initial documentary that had come out based on that footage that was made out to look like you know she was always in the way and you know kind of villainizing her so yeah um so outside of the the, the crash questions actually you bring up a point about the you know the feminizing or the, the feminine feminist i can't even speak anymore um i didn't have enough coffee um having a daughter um and being a woman in the music industry and and you know allowing her to to do because i saw today that she was in a gymnastics show or competition um, mm -hmm. um and, and i know she's performed on stage with you guys as well um so as myself as a parent i don't want to push my son in, into any one particular thing um but you must see signs of things that that she does that that you want to kind of help her along in that path or are you just letting it letting it be what it is I mean, I think we both just want her to be a happy, healthy person. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. Um, we, I think we both kind of tried to be a little more um, proactive with her like music education at the beginning, but she clearly wasn't as interested. You know, I mean, she's very talented um, and she has perfect pitch, which we don't really talk I about. I don't know if she has perfect pitch. Well, anyway, she's, an, she's she, a really good ear. She's got sure. a great ear. Yeah. Good relative pitch anyway. And she, um, like, this is a kid who sang before she was talking. Like she's very, very, she's great. Um, and picks up stuff really fast, but it's just not her love. It's not her passion. Um, her passion is gymnastics and has been for a number of years now. I mean, and who knows that can change again too, mm -hmm. but right now we're just supporting her in becoming the best like athlete that she can be because that's where that's what her love is at this moment so we're just gonna keep supporting whatever that is yeah yeah she still loves music and yeah. she sings a lot around yeah. the house and she and i listen to a vinyl every morning before school and <laughs> nice. like well done well done sir <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's a she's really she's a cool person for sure yeah. yeah and but she's I only mean, 11 yeah, yeah she's 11 yeah. and um as far as like feminism goes i mean she's being raised by feminist parents so she's very um aware that uh i don't know we were just always telling her the truth about everything basically and i mean she just, <laughs> there was just a little hiccup at her school where they had um been kind of enforcing the dress code and mm we had a few rant sessions about that and told her to wear whatever she wants and, and educated her about how dress codes unfairly target and sexualize girls. And so a bunch of the students decided that they would have a day where they all broke the dress code mm -hmm. and they did. And actually the school has been great. And they were yeah. like, you know what, we need to rethink these. And they totally changed it. Yeah. Totally fair. They like yeah. said, this is outdated and the, the kids helped rewrite the dress code and as, uh, as they should like the, yeah. the, the, they're the kids that are wearing the clothes they're the ones that have to go to school and socialize and and be comfortable mm -hmm. in their own skin i mm -hmm. mean as kids you know going through middle school and high school those are your formative years where you find out who you are and then mm -hmm. to be told that you can't do a certain thing or wear a certain thing that for some people that can be you know demoralizing yeah we try to just like arm her with knowledge and like we sent her to school kind of you know ready to say like if she got in trouble for what she was wearing 
-hmm. we just said well just say you know ask them what they're doing to educate the young boys about being respectful to women and when they can answer that you'll follow their dress code yeah absolutely yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i'm full for those board. parents well so so are we actually like, you, like yeah i didn't think about the terminology until you said that you know because our son technically is being raised by feminist parents as well like we that's, have that's great conversations with him you know about all that stuff and uh yeah, he's, he's not had an issue, you know, and he's 17, going to be 18 in October and soon be leaving the nest and being in a, you know, contributing member of society. And hopefully we, right. you know, prepared him to, to be respectful and, you know, be a good human being. Yeah. It's not hard, you know, to like have those conversations. <laughs> you say that. Be, you you say know. that. Yeah. 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 Hard in theory. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so she... She's, I, I would say we're kind of always talking to her about stuff, keeping her in the loop cool. yeah. for better um, or for worse. I've probably been doing that too much her whole life, but <laughs> no, they, they, you have to arm them with the right tools and then they can dig into their toolbox and, you know, remember stuff and, and be prepared because the, the worst thing is not being prepared. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we took her to her first pride parade when she was like four and I just remember saying, like, do you know why we're going to the Pride Parade? And she kind of rolled her eyes and was like, because all love is beautiful, Mom. I know. Like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that that's, like, just not a thing for her. Like, yeah. she just, she gets it. And I think for a lot of kids, it's, like, not a thing. Yeah. The kids get it. Yeah. And that's it's that's what gives me hope about, you know, the next generation is is a lot of them, like, you know, even when I was a kid growing up, there was, you know, buddies of mine that would say racist or you know homophobic oh, yeah. things and stuff like that but now like it, the, the generation that's coming up now they're coming up with you know the pride parades and and the the awareness of all the racial inequalities you know with mm -hmm. you know the the indigenous people you know all of that so to me that that gives me hope that they're going to be able to to come in and as they go you know become members of you know parliament and you know contribute that way to to make those changes and and mm -hmm. you know be, be a better society generation does better than the exactly. last right? yeah yeah so hopefully we didn't screw it up so much that they can't fix it anymore <laughs> don't know <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of work to do we'll we have say. a lot of work to do yeah exactly yeah. um so i don't want to end this on a downer but that was that was some heavy stuff we're just here to make things awkward that's what yeah. we do <laughs> uh, so um yeah so you got um some shows coming up you said in in august uh in ontario um do you guys have anything else going on new album new anything in the works you want to tell people about no new album in the works uh around some summer. shows in new brunswick yeah. and nova scotia and... i should post that i i haven't done it yet. i don't know why i just haven't done it yet i made a graphic to like say where we'll be in the summertime and but it's still pretty chill but we're yeah. pretty happy with uh yeah we're kind of not ready totally just to jump right back into it and like you said yeah. that putting a pause on everything really made people stop and reflect and question like what am i doing because i think i have to do it and what am i doing because i actually want to do it yeah so we're being a little pickier now about yeah. what we do and and all that and about yeah. how it's going to affect the household mm -hmm. and boundaries are a thing yeah. And it's okay to say no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so with the with the mastering thing too, you'd have some of that stuff in the works, like people coming in. So I know you work with Jacqueline Reinhardt too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I did her last album. Um, yeah, it's constant. I finished a solo piano album today, and I've got three albums booked for next week and a couple singles. And awesome, it's busy. Yeah, it's busy. It's good to be busy. It is. Yeah, yeah. sometimes he's up at like weird hours because he'll be like well i'm working on australia time so i have to get this to them before noon their time and it's yeah. like you know well it's just uh, like you have a repeat client who's been really good and they reach out and they're like emergency we need this like can you do yes. it like now and it's <laughs> yeah. nine o'clock at night here you know yeah, yeah. uh so like, it takes gear an hour to warm up and anyway yeah. <laughs> do it awesome that's well, good. Um, so yeah, that this is the podcast. I really appreciate you guys agreeing and, and, and coming on. Um, Thanks for having us. Thanks yeah, for having thank us. Thank you. All right. That was such an awesome conversation with John and Lisa. Thank you again so much for being on the podcast, guys. I really do appreciate it. Um, they're just so down to earth, so laid back, um, and just great people. Um, I know we kind of uh, ventured off at the end uh, of the chat. Where we kind of got into... Um, you know, how raising children and, and feminism and all that um, and just, you know, treating everyone as equals. And uh, I do think it's important on, on how to raise um, young boys um, in not behaving in, in such a way. And the onus is not on, on the girls and women um, to dress a certain way or to act a certain way. Um, I think there's a lot of education out there um, that we have to do and do better. Um, so anyway, that, was like i said a great conversation um again link to their uh, socials and their website um, do check them out when they are in your area uh, they put on a fantastic high energy entertaining show um, the banter in between songs is just as good as the music um, you definitely will not be disappointed in seeing them live um, also um, should mention it wasn't talked about in the podcast but um, just the love of music uh, from both of them. But um, Lisa is also uh, a teacher, music teacher at an elementary school in her, in her area where she lives. Um, so the, the passion is there for the arts and, and developing young talent. Um, so good on Lisa and good on John for all that they do. And uh, again, thanks guys for being on the podcast. Um, that's going to be it for this episode. Um, as always, Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, be kind to one another, and kindness always wins. So until the next time, I bid you adieu.